Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I want to speak to you this morning on something that I trust every one of us will be able to discover ourselves in. And by discover ourselves in it, I mean this, that uh, every one of us, I think, face battles in life. I do, and I imagine you do. Uh, I hope you do, because uh, I hope that you are significant enough a threat that the enemy wants to get rid of you. Uh, that's what battles mean. I'm going to be speaking in a couple of weeks' time on the preparations of God. Uh, the title of the message is going to be Ready, Set, Go. And most of us want the go, but we're not so keen on the ready part of it. And uh, I know that God really, when He wants to prepare somebody for something great, He usually gives them a battle. Think about it. You never would have heard of David if it hadn't have been for the ugly guy, the enemy that he fought. You probably never would have heard of Gideon if all he'd ever been was just a, a kid who sat in the back corner, rather anonymous in life. But it was because he decided to allow God to use him to be able to uh, win victories and to fight a battle. Uh, that's how come we know his name. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 48. And yes, every one of you will know this story. Uh, but I want to take you back a little bit in time to before this moment. But I'm going to start with it. Does that make sense? 1 Samuel 17, 48 says, As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone he hurled it with his sling, hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in. Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. Such a thing had never entered his mind before. So David triumphed. That's not in the Bible. I just put that bit in there because it's dad joke time. Uh, so David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. I would love to take you back into where Saul, the king, offers David his armour and his sword. Uh, it's significant that David goes out there having said, I know what natural reasoning tells me I need. I'm leaving that behind. And he goes out without that. But let me come back because this part of the story is so well known that I'm pretty confident we're right to walk out of the building right now, stop someone going past on the street, ask them, have you ever heard of David's battle with Goliath? I'm pretty sure that nine out of every 10 are going to answer, yes, of course. Who hasn't heard of that? There are books, secular books, written for business people about how to defeat your giants, your Goliaths. It's kind of famous. But like most overnight successes, we're often unaware of the battles that go before the final one that everyone ends up celebrating. You know what it's like when you are in pain, when you are in a time of difficulty, you can feel very alone and feel like no one really knows or no one really understands. And yet afterwards, when you come out of it, everyone comes up and says, I knew you'd make it. It almost seems like everybody's very good at affirming you after you win your victory, but they're not so sure how you're going to go while you're in it. And so this guy, David, springs out of nowhere, it seems. Even King Saul 
says, though he's met him, whose son is that young man? He looks at him and goes, have I met him before? And yet he stood right before him. So today I want to speak to you about the five battles of David. And I trust that you will see yourself in one of these or maybe even in more than one. The first battle that we want to talk about is one I've spoken about a few times recently because all this year I've been speaking about vision. I'm not speaking about vision because I think so much the church needs it or because we don't have one. We obviously do. I'm speaking about it because I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to underline and underline and underline and write something on the hearts of every single one of us that's a part of this church. God wants to put something in our heart that cannot be shaken. I believe that the one word for this year that would kind of encapsulate what God wants to do in 2023 is the word ready. God is readying us for something. And so all this talk about vision and all that we are preaching about that, I trust is helping to build you in your inner life, helping to make you stronger, helping you to go, I'm going to lay hold of that. I'm not going to let go. I'm going to grab it and I'm going to keep it. So go back over all the messages there. Podcasts are there for you on the website. The YouTube channel's got them all there, etc. But the first battle I've spoken about before is the battle for faith. One of the great misconceptions about faith is that we mistake a spirit of faith for an emotion of confidence. That we kind of feel like people that are incredibly confident that portray themselves as winners or as optimists or can do, that those people have a spirit of faith and that me who doesn't have that personality, well, I could never be that. But I don't believe a spirit of faith has got much at all to do with your level of optimism. Are some of the great people of the Bible that did amazing works and that are listed, by the way, in the Champions Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, were people that when God approached them were not full of confidence. They weren't optimistic. Moses said, there's no way I can do it. Gideon said, you've got the wrong guy. So many people started out really without any sense of faith or confidence at all. Moses has been hiding for 40 Look at it, 40 years he stayed away. And yet God kept on holding him, watching him, waiting for the day. And then comes the battle for faith in Moses' life. Am I going to believe God? Am I going to obey God? Because you understand like I do that God gives every one of us the right to say no. God gives every one of us the right to shut the door and say, Lord, no, I won't go. I'll never forget the words of Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman was a great healing evangelist back in the 60s and the 50s. And, you know, back in the day when women in ministry were not accepted and actually she was criticised much for what she did. And yet God did amazing miracles. There are books written just about the stories of people that were profoundly healed. I've read them all. Read the one about the Australian uh, aircraft pilot who was drastically healed, radically healed, going to a, a service she ran at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. Marvellous woman of faith. But when people criticised her and said, you shouldn't be preaching and you shouldn't be ministering, you're a woman, you ought not to be doing it. She simply answered this. 
She said, I am not the first person that God asked. I'm just the first one that said yes. She said, God asked many before me, but they were too busy, but they were too occupied, but they were too afraid. She said, I'm just the first one that said yes. Don't mistake uh, your level of optimism right now for some level of non-faith in your life as though somehow or other, maybe some of you right now, you are beset by doubt. Maybe you, you say yes to God and then a minute later you go, oh no, God, no, well, what if it doesn't work? And, and your mind gets tossed to and fro, you know, like a ping pong ball in a strong wind, just going all over the place. Maybe that's what your mind does. Don't write yourself off and say to yourself, well, there you go. I don't have faith. I'll never have faith. Because the first battle is always the battle for faith. The first battle, I know this one intimately and personally in my life, having gone through things that I, I, oh God, oh God, why did I say yes? Why did I declare that? Why did I say we do that? What on earth was I thinking? Oh God, I must have been silly. Well, God, why didn't you stop me? And yet you kind of have that other little voice inside of you that says to you, I've called you. I'm going to equip you. I'll make a way for you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to bring the right people to you. And you get all of that inside of your life. And then you step back into faith again. And you start going, yes, yes, we can do it. <laughs> and then Monday comes. And Monday brings all of its doubts and all of its reasoning and all of its arguments and all of its logic. And it brings it all to you. And back you go then again into the place of wondering. And you step out of the place of confidence. Don't give up. Don't ever think to yourself, that means I don't have faith. No, it just means you're in the battle for faith. It just means you're in the battle for faith. Don't mistake a spirit of faith for having an emotion of confidence. I know that I got taught as a young believer, people would preach as though faith was a switch. I can remember my pastor saying, the same hand that puts, but he used the left hand saying it's, we're in Australia. The same hand that puts the gear lever into reverse can put it into drive. And uh, you know, I remember as a young believer, I'm not sure this is what he was saying, but I took it away to mean that, you know, faith was just a decision. I just believe and that's it. Well, I don't know about the rest of you here. I've done that. And then the next minute, my brain shifted it back out of drive into reverse. Amen. Or shifted it back out of drive into park. Now, a lot of you now are looking at me like that never happens to me. Oh, well, I'm sorry because it must just be me. I think that faith is a battle sometimes. The battle, not to battle to see the answer, but the battle to believe God. The Word of God says this, and I feel this. The Word of God says, I have made you an able minister of the new covenant, but I just feel like an unworthy sinner. The Bible says you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He's given that to you as a gift. But I just feel like I'm so riven with mistakes and with flaws in my life. How could I ever possibly represent Jesus? The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I'm struggling to overcome that habit or that difficulty in my life. And so it's very easy. There's a battle that goes on for you and I to believe God. Amen. And I want to encourage you with that. I want you to see it like that so that when you are in that battle, 
You don't just kind of go, oh, well, it's all too hard. Chuck the whole thing away. I want you to go, I'm in a battle. The enemy doesn't want me to believe. The Bible says he is the, the founder of doubt. He doesn't have one shred of truth inside of him. All he's capable of giving you is a lie. And the lie is always the opposite of the truth. And the truth is always this book. And what this book says I can do, this book says I can do it. I can do it because it says I can. Amen. But I don't always step into that yet. Amen. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You know, I don't know who your favourite preacher is. Pausing for a moment. <laughs> Nobody shouted out, oh, you are, Pastor. I don't know who your favourite preacher is, but let me tell you the preacher you listen to the most. And it's not T.D. Jakes, and it's not Joyce Meyer, and it's not whoever somebody else on television is. The preacher you listen to the most is the person that when you get up in the morning and look in the mirror, that's the one. Amen. Because I'm telling you, they're preaching to you every day. You're like, oh, you're such an idiot. Oh, what a drongo. And for Ian in America, a drongo is actually a bird here in Australia. It's called a spangled drongo. And I have them in the bush around my house. That's the woods for you. Uh, and a drongo here is the word Australians use for someone who's a, a bit thick, a little bit slow on the uptake. Huh? So when I say I'm such a drongo, it means like, hello, like, have you got a brain in your whole head? Huh? You know, and faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God, you preach to you the most. So what do you preach to you on Monday? What do you preach to you on Tuesday? Some people come to church on Sunday and it's almost like they get, you know, like a, uh, you know, it's, it's their healthy, this is their veggies and their meat. And then they go out and all they eat is cream buns and donuts all week long. Can I tell you that eating veggies and good protein on a Sunday won't make up for cream buns and donuts on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Are you with me here? Did you get that metaphor? Did you get that picture? Hello. Did you get that? I know the front row got it. I want to see if someone in the back row got it. Did you get that? Because there's a battle for faith and you're either helping the devil or you're helping God. Just so I put that there for you. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. So God hears, uh, uh, sorry, Abram hears God speak to him five times. Genesis 12, 13, 15 and 17. He hears God speak to him five times before it says in Genesis 17. So then Abram believed God. Abram believed God. Faith's a journey. Amen. And so if you're a mum and dad here and you've got a child that's not walking with God anymore and you don't know what to do about it, can I tell you there's a battle for faith? Keep praying for them. But don't just pray, oh God, oh God, oh God, and tell God how bad they are. And oh God, this is what I heard last weekend. Did you know about that, Lord? Look what went wrong there. Get in there and start saying, God, you said that the unbelieving child is sanctified by believing parents. And God, you said it was a lamb for a house. You never said, Lord, it was a lamb just for the person who was in the house that believed. It was the entire household. God, I claim that for my family in Jesus' name. Amen. The second battle, that was only number one. 
Here's the second one. is the battle for significance. The battle for significance in life. Think about it. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and your deceit. You just want to see the battle. He says to him, you are just a busybody little boy. Go home. Well, he's only offered to go out and fight the giant. He's only offered to engage in a battle. But the significance, he's dismissed. Well, then he goes to the king. The king hears about his willingness to go. Listen to the king, the guy who's got more authority than anyone. Verse 33 of 17. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. You can't do it. Well, it doesn't get any better because he goes out in front of Goliath. Finally gets out there in verse 42, it says, And Goliath, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. I don't even know what a ruddy-faced boy is, but I've got a fair idea it means he looked, he was baby-faced. He just looked like a little kid who should be, you know, still in, in his little knee breeches. Does anyone wear knee breeches anymore? Uh, I don't know what it would be, you know. He, he still had the primary school mullet. And God says, am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And then he cursed David by the names of his gods. This guy, everybody that matters in his world dismisses him. Listen to me this morning. I am not trying to over-dramatise it. I just know that you cannot rise to anything in God or anywhere else in life without going through the battle for significance without going through the place where people dismiss you. You know, it's not a bad question to ask, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? It's actually a great question. The problem is that most people are only used to hearing one side of the answer. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. Why? Because the accuser of our brethren who accused him before our God day and night, he has been cast down. Salvation, wholeness, victory comes when the accuser's voice is silenced. Amen. And most of us have only ever heard the voice of the accuser of the brethren. Who do you think you are? Really? That's what David's getting from Eliab, from Saul, from Goliath. And the enemy is an expert at asking the question, who do you think you are? Let me just help you this morning because you can tell which voice it is. Is it God or is it uh, the, the Holy Spirit or is it the enemy? You can tell which one it is by what comes next. Eliab, who do you think you are? You're just a cheeky upstart. You're a nothing. King Saul, you can't. Goliath, how dare you presume to be in the same space as me? You're a nobody. And you're insignificant. You know, when the Holy Spirit says to you, Jeff, who do you think you are? He always responds differently. You can tell it's the Holy Spirit because he comes back and he says, you're the apple of God's eye. He says, you're more than a conqueror. He says, you're a new creation. 
brand new species of being. Revelation 1.6 says that I'm a king and you're a king and a priest unto our God. And the thing that comes after the question is drastically different. There is a battle for us. Listen to me. I'm, I never preach theology sermons that just you can write in a notebook. I'm going like I'm, I'm desperately eager every time to help you when you walk out of here and you go to work on Monday. When you go to university on Monday, when you go to your community, wherever it is, during this week, I want you to go in there and not be fighting again the battle for significance. I know who I am. I know who I am. Amen. Now, maybe nobody else around me knows who I am. Amen. Maybe I'm undercover. I'm the undercover anointed. Amen. Huh? Maybe they don't know. Amen when you're balleting around the place. Which is just the pose, I'm pretty sure. But undercover anointed for God. Amen. When you're in that geology department, that mining company that you work for, amen, you never go in there going, see, the anointing isn't something that we do this with. We go, oh, it's Sunday. I'd better put it on. Hallelujah. And then when I leave church and I get in the car park, I take off the anointing, hang it up in the cupboard. Amen. See you on Sunday. Amen. But that's the way some Christians act. Amen. Because 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 says that we have received an, an unction or an anointing from the Holy One. And 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27 says, but the same anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. Amen. It's there every day. Amen. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is on you every day of your life. You don't, you don't hang it up in the cupboard and go, now you might hang up some expressions of, of your life with God. You might hang them up in the cupboard. Amen. I don't go walking down the street up to the mall with my hands up in the air because people think I'm being arrested. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come to think of it, that might do very well in the mall. <laughs> up there at the counter, at the at Meyer, at the service counter. Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. I'm not sure they're going to want to serve me. I think there'll be a little guy with an earpiece coming up to me and saying, excuse me, sir. There's a battle for significance. Number three, what's the time? Who cares? Number three, the battle for God ideas over good ideas. First Samuel 17 verse 37, The Lord who rescued me from the cause of the lion, the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armour, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over, took a step. See, there's the sword. He's better off without the sword. The sword of reason. Took a step or two to see what it was like, for he'd never worn such things before. I can't go in these. He protested to Saul, I'm not used to them. And David took them off. There's always a battle for is it a good idea or a God idea? Amen. And I'm all for great ideas and I'm all for having lots of ideas and lots of things that are possible. But can I tell you, it's always about trust. It's not about is the idea 
bad. It's about what am I putting my trust in? Amen. David's not going to go out there trusting in armour that's not his. It's not his revelation. Amen. One of the most powerful things you'll ever learn about faith is that your faith will let you walk where somebody else can't. You're believing. When people come to me and go, I've got this problem, I say, tell me what you believe. Because there's a battle for God ideas over good ideas. That doesn't mean every idea is a bad one or every idea is a good one. But I just know that you're going to get lots of opinions and David had them. Everyone, first of all, they tell him you can't. Then they start going, but we know how to help you. I'll move on. Number four, fourth battle is the spiritual battle. 1 Samuel 17, verse 43, we just read it. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come with me with a stick. And he cursed David by the name of his gods. Every one of those gods was a, a, a manifestation of a demonic spirit. And he invokes the name of that demon against David. Whether you like it or not, the spiritual realm's real. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Then verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Now, there are two great errors that people can make. One is that everything that ever happens to them is the devil. I got a flat tire. A demon of flat tires has attacked me. You know, I was going to have that parking space and someone else took it. Amen. And that was a, a devil right there. And uh, you probably met someone like that some point or other in your life if you've been a Christian long enough. And, you know, you just kind of just, you, they're not the kind of people you want to have at your home for dinner. Let me just put it there. Uh, but the other mistake is for people to act like somehow or other there is no such thing as the devil. We don't talk about the devil much in this church. We don't want to give him the space. We give the space to Jesus and to his victory on the cross. But we also are aware that there is a spiritual battle. Come on. Amen. There's a spiritual battle for your finance. You better believe it. Amen. I'm telling you, the reality, we live in Western Australia and there are things that are peculiar to this space that are spiritual battles and spiritual powers. Amen. And, you, you know, the idea that we just turn up and we do stuff that we know how to do. Why are we having Northern Nights of Prayer? First one's on May the 5th. We're going from 7.30 at night through to midnight. Now, you don't have to come for all of it. Come for 10 minutes if you like. But why are we doing that? I, um, it's because before we go anywhere physically, we need to take ground spiritually. Amen. And, and I just, I could talk about that for a long period of time. I, but let me just finish by saying this. Spiritual battles can only be won by spiritual means. We're seeing across our world right now, uh, not an epidemic of COVID, but an epidemic of anger and an epidemic of mental anguish. And if the church is going to be part of the answer to those things, the church needs to be able to fight spiritual battles. Amen? Amen. Y'all can relax. You know, this is good. 
Some of you are looking like, oh God, I'm scared to go out of my house now. <laughs> They're waiting to get me. Now Jesus is waiting to help you. Here's the last one. Because we've had the battle for faith, the battle for significance, the battle for God ideas over good ideas, the spiritual battle. Here's the last one. It's the fulfillment battle. The fulfillment battle. Because see, all of the others don't count. If. If David doesn't pick up that stone and advance towards Goliath, if he doesn't start twirling it around his head, and with confidence, he's not doing with his eyes shut, oh God, oh God, I'm sorry I haven't said this. None of it matters if David doesn't take that next step. None of those battles. He could have prayed until his tongue swelled up and stuck to the roof of his mouth. He could have gone out there going positive affirmation after positive affirmation. He could have learned every verse of the Scripture and applied it to himself. He could have done all those things. Got the God ideas. But none of it would matter unless he gets out there, puts the stone in the sling and lets it go. And I find that sometimes we as believers want to do everything except that bit. We don't want to do the fulfilment bit. Amen. It's fine to believe in tithing until you get a big check or a big deposit. Amen. The battle for faith. Let's finish. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Speaks about battles. It says this, yet in all these things. It's referring to battles, to difficulties, to challenges, to opposition. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. And he's not writing that saying to the apostles. Well, the apostles are more than conquerors. Sorry about the rest of you. The Bible doesn't know a separation of clergy and laity. We are all called. So in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen. Come on, you are more than a conqueror. You're, you have got something inside of you. The same Holy Spirit that's in you was inside Billy Graham. The same Holy Spirit was, that's in you was inside the Apostle Paul. It's the same Holy Spirit. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. Come on, let's stand together and pray, shall we? Stand with me a moment. Lift your hands up to God for a moment if you want and just say, Lord, I'm ready for the battles. Maybe many of you right now, you'll be in a battle of some kind or other. There'll be something that's, uh, you know, trying to come against your life, some level of opposition. You know, you could just, just kind of want to roll up and curl up in a ball somewhere or other and say, God, leave me out of this. I'll come back when it's over. Or else we can say to God today, God, I'm willing to step up for you. If there's a battle for faith, Lord, I'm going to work with you to win it. If there's a battle for significance, Lord, I'm going to believe what you say about me. The battle for God ideas, Lord, would you give me the patience to not just take on board everyone's opinions. God, I, I want to have in my life the, the wherewithal to win spiritual battles. And then God, help me to win the battle of fulfilment when my moment comes in Jesus' name. Father, help each one of us, every one of us, Lord, me, every person here, no matter who we are, whether we're the newest Christian or the oldest one, whether we started following you last week or whether we've been following you for decades. Lord, every single one of us, battles seems to me never stop. 
but neither do victories. So Lord, thank you for helping us in Jesus' name. Help us in Jesus' name. Help us in Jesus' name. Lord, there are people here right in front of me right now that are fighting the battles of the past and things that have happened. Things, Lord, that keep coming up and keep haunting them and keep trying to take them back to a place of of weakness and a place of grief, a place of disempowerment. Father, I pray today by the power of the Holy Spirit, You'll loosen that, cut that thing off from their life in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, help them to walk out of here with a a different spirit, Lord, saying, God, I'm going to win this battle in Jesus' Name. We thank You, Holy Spirit, for Your help, for Your grace in the Name of Jesus. That person, Lord, who's always been told their whole life that they don't matter. They've been told, Lord, that they're useless. There's some of them like that here today, Lord, listening to me. And God, I pray today, would you just put over their mind right now that helmet of salvation, that they're loved and they're called and they're chosen, that they matter to heaven. Father, for families here and business people here that are fighting spiritual battles for family and for finance, Father, I pray you'll help them today in Jesus' Name. Lord, deliver them. God, let them win that battle. In the mighty name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship the Lord a minute. Can we do that a minute? Team, just come. I don't know what it is you're playing, but whatever it is, let's just sing that for a second. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us today, Lord. Oh God, we never come to church just to go through a a ritual or go through a run sheet or go through a program. God, we come that You will help us. Come on, there's people right now, don't switch off. God, the Holy Spirit is just as much in this moment as He is in any other moment of the service. Come on. God is what my heart longs for to be overcome by your presence. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Come on. We let the Holy Spirit touch us today. Your glory, Lord. Come on. By your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord. Spirit, you are welcome here, yeah. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Your time this morning. We've got a couple of minutes here. And I would love it if you are 
fighting a battle and you know I never make light of it and I never think to myself wow battles you know yeah and everyone looking good no one knows what battles you might be facing that to you might be incredibly difficult we would love to stand with you here in this church we do this a lot because we believe that the body matters we believe that all of us matter we don't just think whoever's on the platform has got a gift or has got power but we all have that if you'd like someone to stand with you maybe you'd say Jeff I'm going through a battle for significance right now Jeff I'm going through the battle for faith Jeff I'm going through a spiritual battle why don't you let us stand with you and pray with you this morning the team are going to keep worshiping singing this song but if that's you you'd like someone to stand with you all you got to do is lift your hand up somebody will come look there's hands 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 come on wherever you see a hand up that means that's somebody up in the balcony as well. Make sure right down there, thank you. Up there in the balcony, wherever somebody is, never be embarrassed to lift your hand up and say, I've got a battle going on. Never be embarrassed. Just say, God, I'm here. I'm going to let you touch me. I'll let you use someone else. Amen. Up here in the platform, I tell you all as well, if you need that, we'd love to stand with you. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, team, you keep singing it while we pray. Oh God, thank you for your great grace. Thank you for your mighty power. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here in this place to set free, to deliver. God, let your mighty grace pour out over lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, sing it, team. Come on, sing it over everyone. Come on, sing it for everyone in Jesus' name. Sing it for those online. If you're online, we're praying for you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your mighty help. God, I pray for strength for every single one of those people, those online as well. Everyone, Lord, that said, Lord, I need your help. God, strengthen us for battles. Lord, we don't ask that you take the battle away. We ask that you'll make us strong to win every battle in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for anybody here, either in the building, online, that has never committed their life to You, that has never opened up their heart and said, Jesus, I want You to save me. Lord, I remember when I was 19, I remember sitting in that Salvation Army Hall and hearing them sing and heart pumping, saying, Lord, if they sing it one more time, I'll go. Lord, I responded to You and I'm so grateful for that. Father, I pray for people here that are in that moment right now, saying, God, no, I need God. Lord, people that have walked away, they stumbled and slipped, got distracted. Help them, Lord, today to recommit their life back to You. Begin walking with You again. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, church. We pray for those people. We pray for them. You know, last week that person responded with a yes text. God, we pray for those people. We know that every one of them is doing business with You. Thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God is good, I know that much. 
By the way, if you've said yes to Christ in your heart, why don't you take the next step of that? Send your yes if you're in Australia to 0488 826 392. If you're on the Metro Church Online platform, there's a yes button for you to click on. You know, when I, I hear during the week that the person, somebody respond, I don't know who they are. I don't get their name. I don't get your phone number. But I tell you, I know God knows who you are. And I know we are praying for you and our team are praying for you. And just believing that you're going to continue to walk with Christ. 0488-826-392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, we'll help you. We'll send you some beautiful encouragement every day just for free. We'll never spam you, never write and ask you for anything. It's just us saying we want to bless you. Amen. Can we give those people a big hand? Because, you know, someone will respond. They really will. And that's a good thing. What's the time? I want to sing uh, Won't Stop Now. Can we sing that again? Is that all right? Because you know what I've discovered, Nathan Ronson, is that he never stops. Amen. That's the wicked thing about God. Can I say that, Frank? The wicked thing about God is He does not know how to quit. Amen. He just keeps at you, isn't that right? He kind of like, you know, EM Bounds calling the hound of heaven. He just keeps at you. Here we go. Okay. I want to start. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. For all you brought Come on, church. Through. Here we go. Yes. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm moving forward to follow after you. Yeah. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do.
bless you. Great to have you with us this morning. Solomon's waiting for ministry time online. For those of you there, Pastor Ray and Kate will be out there in the press space. See you in the cafe. If not, see you somewhere soon. God bless.